When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. And a very good Monday morning to you. And let me stay on the topic of weather because, of course, Met Aaron have warned of a risk of flooding in places uh, today. And there is a status yellow weather warning in place. That's in place for the entire country and it remains in place until eight o'clock this evening. And the National Forecaster are warning that heavy or thundery pulses of rain uh, for today will lead to flooding in places and disruption to uh, travel. And that could be... I saw this mentioned for last night as well, this uh, pulses of, thundery pulses of rain. And I have to say it was a new term on me. I'd never heard about it before. So I had to find out what's pulses of rain. And it's seemingly a pulse storm is a single cell thunderstorm of substantial intensity, which only produces severe weather for short periods of uh, time. So that's what we're expecting today. We'll have these really thundery downpours, but they shouldn't last very long but it's going to be the intensity of the rain that could lead to uh, flooding so be careful and be careful especially if you are out driving and if I sound a tad hoarse this morning it is possibly got a lot to do with the roaring and the shouting of encouragement that I did um, while watching Ireland's Fishes family last night we were down to the final four and the only Cork family to make it through were the Finnegans from Ballyclaw Dad uh, John son Aaron and the twins Sarah and Lauren and they made it through to the final and they came third uh, last night and they were terrific and they have been terrific in this competition and of course their coach uh, Donegal O'Callaghan was incredibly proud of them and I just I was really willing them on but they did so well last night they were incredible and they can be very very proud of themselves and I know that would have been recorded back in the summer and they would have had to have sat on the result uh, but they came third which was a terrific achievement and everybody in Cork no doubt 
extremely proud of them and we're now waiting to hear what we heard last week was that it is looking like Ireland's Fishes family is not going to go ahead the, uh, next year. It's one of the programmes that's going to be axed. We know the the Celebrity SAS programme as soon as that went out, the final one went out uh, Ultimate Hell Week is now what it was called following the last episode of that, another popular programme it was axed. We're told the same is going to happen for Ireland's Fishes family and next early in the new year we're going to have a Dancing with the Stars and that's going to be the last one for that as well because RTE are cutting back and it's a pity because they are three extremely popular programmes particularly Ireland's Fishest Family the last number of Sundays it's been terrific at half six to sit down and watch Ireland's Fishest Family and every time the Finnegan's have been on I have been shouting and roaring and screaming and I'm sure the neighbours are wondering what was going on in our house so once again congratulations uh, to the Finnegan's as I say you can be very very proud now John Paul is on a day off today so Bernie is taking your calls at 0818 Three. Anything you want to share with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can text, you can WhatsApp as well, and they're already starting to come in. Great to see them. 086 to 103 103. And I think it's somebody called Anya, but with the way the text has come out, the first A hasn't come out, the I and E has. So I'm assuming this is from Anya uh, sending in a question for Annalise Dressel. And Anya says in her text, it's her third attempt trying to get the question answered. My apologies uh, to you, Anya. But I've made a note of your question. Annalise Dressel will be joining us later on on the programme. But there are week on week, we never get through all of the questions that we receive for Annalise. So popular is that particular slot. But I'll put you top of the bunch, Anya, uh, for this week. And thank you for for your third time uh, trying. Now, there was a story over the weekend that broke on, I think it broke on Saturday, didn't it? Maybe it broke late on Friday. That, you know, when, when a story happens in the news and you end up, well, I certainly ended up waking up at night thinking about this particular story. And it's one of those stories, I suppose, it's every parent's worst nightmare. But to be the parent of a child with uh, special needs because of the vulnerability of a child with special needs it's the leaving the child in the car and somebody robs the car and they've taken it, not realising, you assume not realising that there was a child or children sitting in the back seat. So I think for all parents, it's every parent's worst nightmare. And of course, it happened last Friday afternoon to a Kilkenny family. And there was a young special needs girl, 16 sitting in the back seat of her dad's car in Kilkenny town and her father briefly left her in the car while he went into his business premises to pick up something. And I saw the video footage of this guy Dale Fogarty stealing the car and driving it away and it looked to me like it was kind of like an industrial estate so the car was parked up outside the dad ran in to do something and unfortunately opportunistic and all of that this guy you see him approach the car he looks in he realises that the key is in the ignition sits into the car and drives off and within minutes he had crashed the car and what had happened was he headed he, he was driving out the, the, the Ballyragger if you know Kilkenny the Ballyragort uh, direction and he was driving literally driving very very erratically there was a car coming in the opposite direction heading towards uh, Kilkenny in the other car was three uh, adults there was a couple in their 40s and a man in his 60s who was the father of one of the couple it seems the older man was dropping the couple to a wedding in Kilkenny town this guy Fogarty was 
as I say, driving erratically. Witnesses, for example, had said he was overtaking cars on a blind bend and there was a head-on uh, collision. He was killed. The, the guy who robbed the car was killed instantly. He was known to the Gardaí. He did have alcohol and drug addiction issues. They're now waiting, obviously, on toxicology to be carried out from his post-mortem uh, to see was he under the influence at the time. But it's understood that the father of the the young 16-year-old, the reason that he left the car in the tech, in the ignition of the car was so that he could leave the heating on, keep the car nice and warm for her. But she also loved to listen to the radio. So he wanted to leave the radio on for company. So left the left the keys in the ignition. And then, as I say, the CCTV footage shows this Fogarty man uh, approaching the car. It was half past three on Friday afternoon. He's, he had a hood up. His hoodie was up on a coat or, or uh, a jacket. You see him looking into the car. He realises the car, the keys are in the, tech, the ignition. I don't know if he realised that the young girl was sitting in the back seat. But as the car has been driven away, you can clearly see the silhouette of the teenage girl in the back seat of the car. So he went out the N77. The collision occurred. It seemed it, it occurred within uh, minutes paramedics and Gardaí were very quickly on the scene he was pronounced dead the young girl was initially removed to a local GAA grounds she was then airlifted to Waterford University Hospital she then has subsequently been transferred to a Dublin hospital now there's I know there is one report in from a family friend to say she's comfortable after her surgery but she's going to require further uh, surgery and at this point in time the full extent of her injuries are unclear but she has been very, very seriously in, injured. I was reading reports yesterday that they're life altering injuries. Uh, just, but as I say, it's absolutely every parent's worst nightmare. And my heart goes out to the dad in this case. Because I have to say, hand on heart, I'd love to say, I have never left Marcia in the car while I've ran in. I have done it. Now, on a ha- I can't even say a handful of times. I can't even say I've done it five times. I can clearly remember at least two or three times uh, doing it. I remember one day it was just a miserable, rotten, awful day and I needed to get petrol in the car and I got the petrol and I didn't want to take her out of the back seat of the car so I ran into the garage and paid, you know, while keeping a close eye on her. Okay, the cars, the, the, the keys certainly weren't in the ignition. I remember another day where she was just in really, really bad form and I had to go into the shop. I needed to get milk and I left her outside again. I was looking out the window of the shop watching on your hearts and your mouth while you're actually uh, doing it. Have I left the car running? I was trying to think then, you know, there's times where I'm in the driveway of the, of in the past, I've the car parked in the driveway and you you get ready to go somewhere and you've put her into the car and you suddenly realise you've forgotten something, you have to go back in. Have I left the keys in the car? I hope I haven't. But it just, it, it, it sent shivers down my spine when I heard this story because I said, you know, there but for the grace of God go any of us. It could, it could happen to any of us and it is absolutely every single parent's worst nightmare. So we just were thinking of that little girl uh, today and hope that she does make a full, full recovery but for her parents and her dad in particular. My heart absolutely breaks uh, for that man because he will never never ever uh, forgive himself 0818 103 103 Bernie's taking your calls as I say she's sitting in for John Paul today you can text you can WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 
Speedwagon on C103 and that is Keep On Loving uh, You and thank you to uh, Michael, one of our eagle-eyed watcher of prices of petrol and diesel. Michael says, Patricia, a bit of good news this morning, hopefully. Over the weekend I was in Killarney and I've started to notice the price of diesel coming down. I spotted diesel at €1.93 cent a litre and at another garage €1.92 cent. Hopefully the trend will continue. Thanking you. Yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed. I've started to notice that myself, uh, Michael, because I've got a diesel car, so I'm keeping a real close eye on the price of diesel and it was starting to go back up again. Even though I did spot on Friday, I don't know if it's come down at the weekend, I was quite taken aback at one garage because I was spotting it at 
other garages it was gone under the two euro mark and it was down at kind of 196, 197 hovering around that price and then I came across the garage where it was two euro and four and I thought that's a bit saucy when it was at you know 197, 198 as they say in other garages so good to see 193 and 192 Alicia at two different garages in Killarney but I don't know what it is but Killarney garages always seem to be very very competitive when it comes to petrol and diesel and always has been never been able to get an explanation for it because garages tell you that they set the price based on the cost that they pay for when the diesel and the petrol is delivered to them and that it's outside of their control and I can never understand if that's the case how come the Killarney garages can always seem to be extremely uh, competitive 0818103103 and when I mentioned about these pulses of rain that Matt Aaron are talking about that are going to occur today and they were due to occur overnight last night. Finbar from Bantry is confirming he was awoken last night by some of what he says was the heaviest possible rain he has ever heard. He said it was unbelievable these pulses of thundery rain and he said it was at about 2am last night. Yeah, I woke probably around the same time, uh, Finbar to a very heavy rain uh, as well. Now let's continue with the good news because the Everyman's favourite traditional family panto is returning this year and they are returning with a bang. They've got Cinderella. Oh, I love as a pantomime, Cinderella's got to be one of my favourites and it runs from Saturday the 3rd of December. So to celebrate, the Everyman have teamed up with the Leisureplex and they're giving you the chance of a family festive day out. You'll enjoy a family of four pass to see Cinderella at the Everyman on Thursday the 8th of December but the fun doesn't stop there because you're also going to receive a family pass for bowling at the Leisureplex on McCurtain Street and if you want to book tickets to go along to Cinderella you can see everyman.com for more details. Every day though we'll be giving you a clue to where Cinderella has left her glass slipper and it's somewhere in Cork. It's in a Cork location and the location can be across the city and county. Okay, so later on in the programme today, I will give you the clue to today's location as to where Cinderella has left her glass slipper and then we'll tell you how you can enter your chance to win today. It's a daily prize of the family pass for four people for Cinderella for Thursday the 8th of December and then you also get a family pass for bowling but just to let you know before you enter this competition that the tickets to Cinderella at the Everyman they can't be exchanged it's a one night only offer it's on Thursday the 8th of December You're, you choose then I think you've got I think there's a six months uh, the voucher for this, the Leisureplex to go bowling I think you've got six months in which to pick a date and a time to suit you but the Cinderella tickets can't be exchanged and they can only be used on Thursday the 8th of December. So your chance to win with the Everyman, as I say, you can check out if you want to book your tickets to the Panto this year, then please head to everymancork.com. Court today on C103. Call Patricia.
Patricia with your comment. 0818 103 103. Now one of the most common complaints we get here to the programme, especially during the summer months, are to do with public bins either full or constantly overflowing. So it was great to hear about a pilot project running in Cove a couple of years ago using smart solar operated bins. So to see how the pilot project has gone, I'm joined by East Cork based councillor and that's Daniela Toomey. Good morning to you, Daniela. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well and you're very welcome to the programme. I suppose, firstly, just remind listeners how these bins actually operate. Okay, well, the solar compact bins, they're a pretty recent initiative and they're being embraced by a lot of local authorities nationally and throughout Europe. And how they work is that um, they are powered by solar energy. Um, I'm not quite sure. I think it's like eight hours of sun allows them to operate for something like 30 days. So they're very you know, cost efficient. Um, so what they do, they're, they're big belly bins. So they're quite, they're, they're larger than the regular bins, but they also hold more rubbish. And when the rubbish gets to a certain level, the bin automatically compacts that rubbish down. So the bin can then fit more rubbish. And then when the bin is, ent- the bin is entirely full, it will send a text message to the lads in the, the local office that the bin is ready to be emptied. Fantastic. So yeah, so I suppose there's lots of positives to it. They reduce the frequency of, of the need for waste collections. They're cleaner, more hygienic. Um, there is historical waste data analytics available for them. So we know particularly where we need them. So like we know what bins fill up in what areas, like tourist spots and things like that. So we know which, where, what areas within the county will need these bins the most. Um Reduction in greenhouse gas emissions and savings in operational waste collection costs and, and, and the like. So it's a win-win. It's it's all been extremely po- positive, and I imagine people in Cove delighted with them. Yeah, well, I mean, this is my second or third time, um, you know, raising this with council. Um, initially, I had asked for the pilot program, um, and the bins in Cove were taken from Habola and Park. Um, where the council felt that they weren't being utilised and they were put in uh, the, the the park in Cove. And they are very welcome. And when I raised this, um, asking, you know, what plans we have to kind of roll them out countywide, the co- it was very positive to hear that the Cove councillors were delighted with them, um, that, you know, it seems to be positive all around. Um, like a lot of the reasons that I felt that these would be beneficial countywide is because we have a huge resource issue in terms of outdoor staff. And I know in mm-hmm. East Cork and many areas around the county we really do have a huge resource issue we don't have enough outdoor staff and the outdoor staff that we do have are stretched to the pit of their collar and it's you know it's becoming increasingly difficult for them to to you know operate basic council um council functions like emptying the bins and that's why we can't get more bins because we don't have the resources to empty them so this really felt like a win-win situation but yet, when you asked what are the plans to roll them out across the county, you didn't get a positive response. No, and I, I was very, very disappointed with the response. Um, you know, basically at the moment that there is no plans to extend them. They're waiting for, you know, the, the report um, to see how the pilot programme in COVID is doing. The chief executive was quite negative about how he felt that report would you know, what that report would say, um, which didn't reflect what the local councillors in the area or what they, you know, felt from their conversations with their local engineer. 
it didn't reflect that. So I'd be interested to see what that report does furnish. Um, I also asked them, I think one of the major um, factors was that um, because when they're emptying the rubbish from these bins, it's heavier. So some of the trucks would need to be retrofitted. But funding is available under the Infrastructure Support Grant Scheme from the Department of Environment, Climate and Communications. And I asked, had we applied for funding to retrofit the trucks? And, you know, I got no answer about that. So I was very disappointed, you know, like Cork City Council have just um, rolled out 54 of these bins and they're working, you know, brilliantly in Cork City Council. Yeah, I saw the Lord Mayor of uh, Cork, uh, Deirdre Ford, and uh, there was photographs of her beside one one of these bins. Now, I know they're costly. They're about three and a half thousand to purchase. Yeah, they're about between three and a half thousand to five thousand. Could we go, could you go to the Department of the Environment for funding, additional funding? well, all of the, I, I think mo- the majority of the funding that the City Council got um, for those 54 bins was from the Infrastructure Support Grant Scheme. So the funding is available from the department. Um, you know, so it just seems that there doesn't seem to be any kind of, you know, appetite for it in Cork County Council. And it's really, it's really kind of disappointing to hear that because I feel like sometimes when there's, you know, really kind of, good initiatives, um, new initiatives on the forefront that we're very kind of lack to, to really embrace them. And it's a pity. It's, well, it's, well it know. is when it's when it looks like these are a real success story. And as I mentioned in the, in the introduction, especially during the summertime, we get inundated with people talking about, uh, you know, if they were in a tourist area, they were down at the beach uh, and the bins all overflowing. And of course, once a bin starts to overflow and people leave a, bi- a, a bag of rubbish beside it, more people think, oh, that's you can just leave your, your bag of rubbish there. And then you've got birds and other wildlife pulling the rubbish apart. I mean, it's it's a crazy situation and it's so bad for the environment. It's so bad for the image of our areas. We have to look at alternatives. And if this is working, then go with it. Yeah, and I also suggested as well, you know, to offset the cost, some other local authorities, what they have done, because a lot of local authorities really are embracing this now. They're they're in Rathdown County Council, they're in Dublin City, they're in Cork City now. Um, but the one of what one of the initiatives that they have done to kind of offset the cost is that they have engaged with local businesses, um, you know, larger businesses, you know, the majority ratepayers within their area. And they have sponsored bins. And in Brilliant. A, in a, yeah, in, in, and in, you know, a way of them, they're, they're allowed to advertise on the side of the bin. So, again, it's, and I, I mentioned this, but it wasn't taken on board. There's plenty of ways that we could really, you know, get this off the ground. And, you know, but I, unfortunately, sometimes if they don't want to listen, they don't want to listen. And oh, I, I, yeah, it's a kind of thinking, just think a little bit outside the box. But you're not going to give up on this one, I take it. Oh, no, Trisha, <laughs> you know me at all, you know I never give up. <laughs> keep going, keep flying the flag, Daniela, because I think they're brilliant as well. Listen, appreciate you taking time out to talk to us. Thank you for that. Okay, thanks. Thanks. Uh, bye bye. Good morning to you. That is uh, East uh, Cork uh, County Councillor uh, Daniela Toomey. 0818103103. I mentioned petrol. It was diesel prices in particular when Michael saying he was in Killarney and he noticed that the price of diesel appears to be coming down and he's kind of keeping his fingers crossed and hoping that it will remain in that downward trajectory. 193 and 192. I don't know if anybody has spotted it. Those uh, uh, prices uh, anywhere around Cork 
193. Uh, Martin's been on to us in from Moy um, um, petrol because their diesel prices Michael is talking about. He says petrol in from Moy in one of the garages 177.9. That's low. That's low as well. I don't know what the I wonder what the diesel is because usually if the petrol is down in one garage, the diesel will be down as well. Even though there's about a twenty cent difference now between petrol and diesel, and that's our Martin in from Moy who is doing his best to try to get off the cigarettes, and he says I'm still down to five cigarettes a day. You're getting there, Martin, and I'm waiting for the day that you contact us to say they are gone completely. Oh eight one eight one zero three one zero three. Bernie's taking your calls. You can text. You can WhatsApp to oh eight six two. 103 103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 103. And Barry listening to us in uh, Cove, where those solar operated bins the where the pilot project was run by uh, the council says those bins are absolutely fantastic and the one thing you will notice around the town is it's completely reduced the amount of waste left next to the old style bins by people who find them overflowing disappointed to hear that the council are not planning to expand it across Cork County I hope they change their minds that's from Barry and Cove thank you for that uh, Barry now 900 primary schools nationwide that's over a quarter of all of our national schools are without their full quota of teachers. That's according to a survey from the Irish Primary Principals Network, who also state that primary schools are finding it increasingly difficult to recruit and retain principals. Joining me, one of the board members with the IPPN and a principal herself, and that's Catherine Corbett. Good morning to you, Catherine. Good morning. And thank you for taking time out to talk to us. Uh, let me talk about teachers first. Do some parts of the country find it harder to recruit teachers and is some of that down to lack of affordable accommodation? Well, we're certainly seeing it in Dublin. I'm principal of a large senior primary school in Dublin and we, um, this year, for we noticed, you know, it, during the summer when we were advertising that we had less applicants and by August then you were lucky to have any applicants at all um, to fill your positions. And it's certainly the housing um, crisis at the moment is impacting because even if a teacher takes a position in our school, um, it's, it's almost impossible for them to secure housing in, in the area uh, or else they're extortionate prices for renting. Um, so what they're doing is, I suppose, moving further away from school but with rising um, costs of living and for, for fuel, that, that's impacting as well in terms of um, their, their commute, you know. So what happens then in a school when you don't have your full quota of teachers? You obviously still have the pupils turning up every day. Ah. Absolutely, yes. So um, what we do, I suppose, is that you you have two choices, well, you have three choices. You've got, you can send, if you were to send a, a class home, which nobody wants to do. Um, the second one is you split a class, which um, they would be sitting at the back of the class um, across the school, which we certainly don't want to do because it's just busy work. They're not learning then um, in, in terms of the class context. Or else you would deploy a support teacher into the classroom. Um, so we tend to look at all our options and if we, uh, we'd ask a support teacher to come in or we might split a class. That's, they're the two options that we, we use at the moment. And of course, using the support teacher, that means that the special needs pupils or the pupils that need an extra little bit of help, they're going to be the big losers. 
Oh, it has a big impact on them because the sport teachers, they have a timetable. They We organise their time in terms of the children with the most complex needs. Uh, and, you know, often for those children, that is how they do well in school because they have that support. And they, they're in the mainstream class, but they also come out, might be for literacy, numeracy, emotional and behaviour and everything in between. So those sport teachers are so important to schools and so when a, a sport teacher goes into the class the impact is huge um, for, for those children. Now we've had a st- we've had really good steady progress in this country in reducing pupil teacher, teacher ratio and I know various ministers for education are very proud of that so on paper it looks like staffing levels have never been better but that's not the reality in over a quarter of schools. Absolutely. So on paper, it looks really good yeah. in, in terms of pupil-teacher ratio. But if we don't have teachers to fill those positions, it remains on paper. Uh, and the reality in school um, is very, very different. Um, so, you know, when, when we can't, when we don't have t- teachers for those positions, um, that we're left in the same position. And is it an absolute nightmare for principals on today, typical Monday, to be getting the text or the phone call from a teacher to say, sorry, I'm not well, I won't be in? And it takes up a huge amount of time. I mean, staff, you know, staffing for me is on a daily basis. You're looking at who's going where, who's covering what class, and and trying to reduce the impact in as much as possible for children. Um, so, you know, for this morning now on Education Post, if I put up uh, what we use as subseeker, and there are no teachers available if a teacher is oh. unexpectedly absent. Um, we do have the student teachers have been a fantastic help. Um, the the Colleges have been brilliant in supporting schools that way, but we're very mindful that we don't we don't want to impact um, their training either because they're the teachers for the future. So um, at the moment today, I have a student teacher in in one of the classes to cover, and that was a relief when we had that cover because otherwise a support teacher was going in or we were splitting the class for the day. That's shocking. And uh, Catherine, what do you believe are some of the possible solutions? Oh, I, I think it's very complex. I mean, there's no one simple solution. Our high housing crisis is having a significant impact on our frontline services. It's the same for the nurses. It's the same for the guards. Uh, so that's, I mean, that has to be addressed in terms of our, the housing, and um, particularly in, in built-up areas. Um, but there's no simple solution. The teaching profession, there are many teachers leaving um, the country they, you know, to, for Dubai and Australia. And what we're really seeing now is that uh, I suppose in the past, the teacher might go on career break for a year or two years, but they're staying away longer. And the longer they stay away, the harder it is to come back because of the secure organisation. Yeah, and they set down roots then in in, in other countries. And listen, yeah. it's, it's it's all part of career to go away and travel uh, and all of that. But it's when they don't come back, as you say, is when we really have, have the problem. And then the other issue that I wasn't aware of, why are schools finding it hard to appoint principals? Is is, is it no longer seen as, as the very attractive career move? Or is it just simply too stressful? It's a very, very challenging job. Uh, you know, I love uh, being a principal. I, I really enjoy my work. But you are on call 24 hours a day. It, it's hugely challenging um, in terms of a range of stuff that's on your table from everything at the moment. We've had heavy rain in Dublin this morning, so the drains are an issue. Uh, you, you're, you're managing building projects. Um, and, and but your your core purpose is teaching and learning, and often all the things staffing is another issue. But all the things that are on your table are are teaching and learning is the last, and and that's what you got into the position 
for was to support and, and guide and lead teaching and learning in your school. So that's going to be very frustrating. Yeah, and the Board of Management, of course, they're there in a voluntary capacity. So you probably end up picking up some of their, what traditionally they would have done in the past. Well, yeah, I mean, the Board of Management, we have a very supportive board, but they all work in full-time yeah, jobs. Yeah. And, and so whilst um, they're very helpful in, in supporting my work, it tends to be um, the principal that is responsible for everything in, in the school. Do you think that the, the department could do more to support uh, principals um, in order to encourage them to uh, to retain them and encourage others to go for the, these positions? Yeah, look, uh, the IVPN uh, launched a report on sustainable leadership and there's a list of recommendations there. I think um, we have fantastic deputy principals in our schools, but uh, most deputy principals will have a full-time teaching load. So it's very difficult to work in a shared leadership capacity if neither of you are um, in work to, can work together if they're just principals working full time. Um, you also have over half schools have teaching principals. Um, so they have a full time teaching load along with being a principal of a school. So there's certainly need for change um, across, you know, so that the job can become or be more sustainable. Yeah, yeah, they definitely. I, I mean, the teaching uh, principles. I my heart always go, goes out to them because it's they've an impossible uh, task. Listen, I'll let you get back to uh, what is. It sounds like you're already overworked as it is, Catherine. But I do really do appreciate you taking time out to talk to us today. You're very welcome, and thank you for talking about the issue. Thank you. Good morning to you. Bye bye. That is Catherine Corbett, uh, a principal and a member of the board of the Irish Primary Principals Network. But shocking to think that so many schools are without their full quota of teachers and then of course as we always know know there will be short term absences during the year and many principals finding it just almost impossible to find a sub teacher 0818103103 Bernie's taking the calls text WhatsApp 0862 103103 103. I'm looking out the window and there is lovely blue skies at the moment but there's a threat of those thundery downpours uh, throughout the afternoon uh, today so uh, have, have a brolly with you I think no matter where you go today really disappointed to hear in the news there with Barry and very disappointed for the English captain Harry uh, Kane with the news that he's not going to be allowed to wear the One Love armband at the World Cup in Qatar because because Harry Kane was adamant that he was going to wear the armband as a message of anti-discrimination and support for the LGBTQ plus community. And it has just been announced this morning, hours before England's opening match against uh, Iran. The FA in England, their CEO said England had been exploring whether there was and whether there will be other ways to show their values. But this was after FIFA threatened to book any any captain wearing the one love rainbow armband in any of the World Cup uh, matches. So a statement has had to be released on behalf of the Football Associations of England, Wales, Belgium, Der- Denmark, Germany, Netherlands and Switzerland because all of their captains were to wear them and they've all confirmed now they won't wear the armband. They say, this is in the joint statement, that FIFA have been very clear that it will impl- impose sporting sanctions if any captain wears the armband on the field of play. Now they say as national federations, they can't put their players in a position where they could face sporting sanctions including bookings so they've asked the captains not to attempt to wear the arm bands in any of the World Cup games they were prepared they say to pay any fines because fines normally 
would have applied to any breaches of a kit regulation and had a strong commitment to wearing the armband so they were fully prepared to pay any fines but they've ended up in a situation where they say they cannot put their players in the situation where they might be booked or even forced to leave the field. They went on in the statement to say that they're very frustrated by the FIFA decision which they believe is unprecedented. They said they wrote to FIFA in September informing them of their wish to wear the One Love armbands to actively support inclusion in football and they say they had absolutely no response. They say the players, the coaches are disappointed. They are strong supporters of inclusion but they now say that they will show their support in other ways so all eyes will be certainly on the captains and especially on Harry Kane because he was adamant, he was hell bent that he was going to wear this armband but it was looking like as soon as he would go onto the pitch he would get a yellow card and then Ken Tobin was explaining to me this morning what would then happen was at the second match he'd get a second yellow card which meant then he wouldn't be able to play in the third uh, match and obviously all of the different football associations can't run that risk for their players so that is really really uh, disappointing news out of Qatar somebody said if I was at the World Cup I simply would not play well I'll tell you all eyes certainly are going to be on Harry Kane on this one because he's of all of the captains I think he has been the one that has been most vocal 0818103103 our lines are open a couple of texts in on teachers and this supply issue that we have with uh, teachers showing that the survey out from the principals network showing that a quarter of all schools don't have their full quota of teachers they literally cannot recruit teachers but you know as I spoke with Catherine one of the board members from the IPPN one of the big problems certainly for the larger urban areas where there is lack of supply of affordable housing big problem is a young teacher might step forward would love to work in a particular school but then when they get the job they discover well I can't afford a house I can't even find a house to share. So, you know, they're going to go and get a job elsewhere where they are able to get uh, accommodation. Uh, And then, of course, there's another problem that we have that many of our young teachers are going abroad. And we've always had teachers, let's be honest. That's always happened. But many of them are deciding not to return home. We're losing a lot of our wonderful, well-educated young people. It's not just teachers. That's happening across a lot of different uh, sectors. That's prompted a listener to say... The government should pursue the teachers, nurses and doctors for the money that they owe to the Irish exchequer and to the taxpayer for all of their education. And please don't tell me they paid for their own education because they didn't. What they would have paid in any sort of registration fees was a fraction of what it cost to educate them and what they would pay if they were in other countries. They should pay off their debts for the education that they received. What happens now is no sooner are they out of college than off they go with their degree in their hand and they end up not paying back what this country gave to them by way of a third level education. I want that to stop because it's at the expense of my husband and my children. There has to be a clause uh, in that if you get a third level education that you must stay for a minimum of three years and if you don't, if you opt to leave this country then you must pay back in full for the education that you received here. And that does happen in other countries. There is a clause on certain different professions. I think Australia is one of them that, that, that do it, that if you don't stay and work in the country and it's seen as a kind of a payback for the education you received, then you must pay 
the equivalent of what that education would cost. So somebody there very annoyed to see people get their degrees and then leave the country straight away. But Mary then has a different view. This is particularly on principles because the other thing that the Irish Primary Principal Network showed was that there is a reluctance of people to step forward to become principals and that we're losing principals. Principals are retiring early, opting out of it, finding it very stressful. And obviously, if teachers in a school are seeing a principal under pressure, if that principal either is up for retirement or decides to step down early, none of the other teachers are going to be willing to go forward. I'm assuming that's what that's what is happening. Mary says, as a mother of a principal in a very big school, I know why these jobs are not taken up. I know why people don't want to step up to be principal. The job is an absolute nightmare. You're dealing with parents, you're dealing with staff, you're dealing with all the administration that comes with it. The students are the least of the problems for the principals. God help principals, says Mary. And even to hear Catherine Corbett, that principal who joined us, now she's from one of the larger schools in Dublin, but even to hear her say the overnight heavy rain that they had in Dublin, her first job this morning was trying to get drains sorted out and drains that are blocked over the weekend. You're thinking there's a lot more that a principal needs to be doing, but they have to take on all of those roles as well. So a lot of people, um, or some people, certainly as a mother of a principal, Mary having huge understanding of uh, what the principals are going through. Thank you for your text, Mary, to 086 to 103 103. I mentioned the price of petrol and diesel earlier on this morning. That's prompted some people to contact us. Noreen was on to say, Patricia, if anybody's in Newmarket, uh, petrol is at €1.70.9. That's got to be the lowest, is it, in quite some time? And diesel is at 185.9. That's even better than the figures that we got from Michael in Killarney. So anybody around the new market area fill up your car if it needs filling up and then somebody was on to say Patricia diesel in Bandon is at 189 well I can better that one for you because somebody's in a text to say it and with a photograph that was taken this morning in Billy's drive through that's the the garage and the food hall in as as you go into Bandon from the Cork side. Somebody said today's Billy's drive through in Bandon they have diesel at 184.9 and they have petrol at 173. So there you go. So it does look like petrol and diesel is starting to fall. All we can do is keep our fingers crossed and hope that it continues that way. Charlie was on from Newmarket 170 and 185 for petrol and for diesel. Eddie is in Maham. He said 189 and in another petrol station 178. Diesel 189 and petrol 179. So it definitely is worth shopping around. Keep an eye on your petrol and your diesel gauge and keep an eye as you're passing different four quarts and when you see it at a good price get in and fill up 0818 103 103 and thank you to Willie and Yall who said he was at the food fair in Ballymaloo at the weekend and he said a fine show of fresh Irish produce and food and drink so well done to everyone who organised that food fair in Ballymaloo and between now and Christmas there'll be a lot more of those food fairs and a lot more of those 
Christmas markets and farmers markets uh, going on and uh, we we try always here on the programme we're always trying to get people to do their best to shop local but I'm you know a big fan a big advocate of shopping with independent food uh, producers but particularly people who run little artisan uh, businesses and they I think need our help more than ever at the moment so if you can get to attend any of the wonderful food fairs or food markets that are going on support them and you will you'll be like William you'll be delighted with the array of fresh Irish produce and food and drink that's on sale particularly the ones that are produced locally 0818 103 103 lines are open C103 Jobs With the new Charleville Nursing Home Find their current available positions at molumhealthcare.com forward slash careers Let's kick off with a part-time mechanic is wanted. Now, it's for O'Neill's Garage in Bantry. Can you call Mike, please, on 087-9460-222? A warehouse operative is required, and this is on a permanent basis in the Coachford area. You can call 86 Avonmore Electrical, they are in need of a fitter slash mechanical technician. You email breed at avonmore-electrical.com. And ward personnel are recruiting for all types of machine drivers, now including digger, lorry, arctic dumper and crane operators. You can contact ward personnel on 021 2339120. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is... You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 0818 103 103. The Irish Heart Foundation, they've launched a hard-hitting campaign to try to confront the deluge of unhealthy food ads with 57% of teenagers saying online media is the most influential factor dictating their food preferences. Chris Macy is Director of Advocacy at the Irish Heart Foundation and uh, Chris joins me. Good morning to you, Chris. Good morning, Patricia. And you're, you're very welcome to the programme. Thank were you. you surprised to see that so many young people admit they would go out and buy junk food after seeing an ad? Um, I don't think, um, I, don't think, I, don't think I, I was surprised um, because, you know, we've known for some time that um, there's really saturation levels of junk food marketing uh, directed at children, particularly online, that's manipulating their food choices linked to overconsumption and that that's um, fueling obesity. So, I, I, sadly, I don't think I was um, uh, shocked by it. I mean, you know, we've got so many stats that that are, are so depressing. Uh, UK government figures say under 16s are exposed to 15.1 billion junk food ads a year online. That's the equivalent of 500 ads almost being put up every second. In Australia, uh, the studies are showing that children are being targeted with three uh, junk food ads every 10 minutes online. So, you know, it's an inundation. It's manipulating our food, our children's food choices. It's making them unhealthy and it just has to stop. And because so much of it then is online, parents really can't control how much of this marketing their children are actually seeing. Yeah, I've I've three uh, children. Uh, youngest is seventeen, so I've uh, been I've gone through this. You, you don't get to see what what's on your 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 children's uh, news feeds. Um, you know, um, it's 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 really just uh, it's impossible to, to to really be fully sure. 
and, uh, and w- what's happening is that behind parents' backs, you know, some of the best marketing brains in the world are, are pestering children, you know, every hour of the day. You know, kids are going around with their with their um, with their phones. Uh, our research said that, that the teenagers we spoke to um, are, are, are accessing social media an average of 38 times a day. So the marketers know where they are and they target them um, because their you know their job is to sell as much uh, of these products as they possibly can. Unfortunately for us and for uh, our children, you know what what's happening is this overconsumption of of energy dense and uh, you know, uh, food, it's causing a sort of nutrient-poor diet that, that doesn't just lead to obesity. And, you know, a lot of people out there listening, um, you know, might think it's not necessarily uh, an issue for their children. But but we know that w- when this is over-consumed, it doesn't just lead to weight gain. It also slows brain development. It increases energy levels, reduces immunity, affects mood and memory. And and it really can, you know, overconsumption of these excessively sugary, uh, fatty and salty uh, products, uh, you know, can turn a happy child into an unhappy child. And what rules are currently there when it comes to advertising junk food? So um, there's um, in terms of uh, of of broadcast, uh, there's a watershed of six o'clock where for programmes where at least 50 percent of the audience um are, uh, are children, but okay. we know that um, that that's been circumvented by clever marketing, and we know that four and five year old children have still been seeing a thousand ads, or more than a thousand ads a year on television alone. Um, in terms of um, of online, the government has a voluntary online code, uh, but junk food companies don't have to sign up to it. There's no penalties, and and the. the the independent monitoring mechanism that they promised uh, hasn't been kept, uh, uh, which means it's essentially useless. Uh, there's also an, an industry, an advertising industry code that again puts the onus on, on, on the public to monitor the situation. So ads can can go up that might be uh, against uh, the rules, uh, but um, uh, it, if the public don't uh, complain about them, um, then nothing happens, and and also that process can take a long time. So, uh, so that's where, we're, but that's really where we need to change. The so, big yeah, changes online. That's right, Patricia. We, we're looking for three things. We want a full ban of junk food marketing online, which is something that the British government hasn't followed through with yet, but has, it has said is necessary. Um, and um, uh, you know, it's 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 committed to to banning paid advertising online um, in 2023. Um, we want the uh, move. Uh, we want to move the broadcast watershed from six o'clock to nine o'clock. We know that most of of the the, the, the television the children are watching is in that family viewing time, and uh, so if we move it to nine o'clock, that will uh, provide extra protection. And we want to remove junk food ads from um, public transport and public buildings and other public infrastructure. I mean, it's 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 a, a bit strange. We think that on the one hand, the government says it's got a strategy for tackling uh, the obesity crisis among children. And on the other hand, there's uh, state companies making revenue uh, um, from promoting junk mm. food. Um, we just don't think that makes sense. And yeah, there's, uh, there's, think a, the there's an irony there uh, for Absolutely. sure. And we uh, the, I mean, ending tobacco advertising worked. So the evidence is there, isn't it? 
Absolutely. So if you think about it, um, teenagers, we reduced the smoking rate among teenagers from 41% to 12%. Now, that just would not have been possible if tobacco advertising had still been allowed because marketing works. It's why companies spend so much, so many tens of millions on it every year. Um, It's because it works. So, um, you know, we think and the evidence says that you can do anything to tackle obesity, which is a very complex problem, obviously. Uh, but as long as the advertising is there, it's going to trump all of the other uh, solutions that might uh, help uh, reduce the, the problem. So it's, we're not saying it's a silver bullet, but we're saying you can't effectively tackle the obesity crisis until you, t- until you take this junk food marketing out of the equation. And I was interested to read, uh, Chris, that young people themselves support a ban on junk food advertising. Well, yeah, a third of them. And, and that's one thing I was, I was quite surprised about, that uh, uh, a third of the children, of the teenagers that we spoke to um, uh, were in support of a, of a, of, of a ban on, on marketing to under-18s of junk food. Now, in terms of the public, generally, Safe Food did a study during the summer that showed that 80% of the public uh, support it. So I suppose what we're trying to do is give voice to that, and we have a petition now um, on irishheart.ie uh, where people can support uh, this campaign and uh, that will speak loudly to government. We also have a pledge, a political pledge that TDs and senators are starting to sign. And, um, you know, uh, we, we want people to sign our petition. And if anyone's talking to their local TDs or local senators, if they could bring this issue up, it really is. It's the biggest. We, we feel it's the biggest uh, threat to, um, to ch- children's health. Um, the state's own statistics say one in 20 ch- uh, children alive today would die prematurely due to overweight and obesity. Um, there's research from, from down. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm in Cork that shows that... Um, uh, that children as young as six are presenting with high blood pressure um, 
and you know it's just we really scary have to scary when you when, when you read figures yeah. like that and then I, I going through the papers this morning and, and with you in mind coming on to us I was thinking well there's more evidence backing up that children are online more is the study out from the ERSI that's showing 54% of nine year olds own their own mobile phone and digging down into the results the nine year olds a significant finding of the report is that nine year olds participate in fewer out of school activities like uh, sports than they did 10 years ago so they're less active yeah, and that's a, that, that's an issue. I mean, we think that the main there's four main drivers of this issue as far as we we're concerned, and the and our reading of the evidence suggests um, it's the ubiquity of junk food. It's just everywhere now. Um, you know, there was a there was no snack food industry uh, 50 years ago, and now it's a 500 billion euro global uh, uh, industry where people you know don't just have their three meals a day. They're, they're snacking in between meals as well, and that's adding to, to calorie counts. Uh, it's this uh, incessant junk food uh, marketing, um, uh, particularly to children. It's the relative cheapness of unhealthy food. Um, um, there's research showing that, uh, you know, that uh, uh, healthy food like, you know, lean cuts of meat and, and that sort of thing are, are, are up to 10 times more expensive mm-hmm. than a you know, than a, than a pizza or whatever. And then it's the sedentary lifestyles. And, and unfortunately, I think um, COVID has um, has played into that, you know, where um, kids weren't able to get out and play and, and play sports as much. And, you know, uh, social media took over to an extent. And, and, and in some respects, that was really positive because um, you know, children, children were still able to socialise yeah, and yeah. connect with other children. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't help in this respect. So it, it is something that has to be uh, addressed as well, I think. And then when, when we talk about and worry about uh, childhood uh, obesity, a ch- children who are overweight are, are even obese, they carry it into adulthood, don't they? And in some cases will battle with it for the rest of their lives. Well, uh, that's unfortunately true that it, it, it is very difficult. Um, it is very difficult to change that, um, you know, but... But there are um, there are great programs out there, and there's some great people around the country working in 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 that area. So, uh, you know, it 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 you know the the stats up to now haven't been great, but you know I think um, you know the 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 health community generally has 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 got better in terms of dealing with this. So it's certainly not something that anyone should feel. You know that that they can't overcome in the long term. Uh, you know, there's always things that that can be done. But yes, what you're saying um, statistically has been has certainly been true up to now. Okay, so we all have a role to play, uh, members of the general public. Everyone's been asked to support your your online petition, um, Irishheart.ie. That's it. That's and it. and uh, and thank you very much for 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 promoting. Our pleasure. It. Our pleasure. Okay, yeah. listen, Chris. Thank you for that. And thanks, uh, thanks for joining us, uh, Chris Macy, there, Director of Advocacy at the Irish Heart Foundation. And uh, if you feel strongly about that uh, topic, um, then please go on to the Irish Heart. Go on to IrishHeart.ie, sign the petition, which is telling the government to make this advertising that's targeting children to uh, stop and I just think that statistic and that statement that junk food brands are targeting children with three ads every 10 minutes online and unfortunately the ads are working 0818 103 103 Bernie's taking your calls text WhatsApp 0862 103 103
Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. Now described as the vibrant lifestyle experience for older people, the Senior Times live event is coming back to us in City Hall after nearly three years of an absence. The expo will run next Friday and Saturday daily from 11am to 5pm. And to help us preview the event, I'm joined from you all by Mairead Robinson, who is the Senior Times columnist and a podcaster. Uh, good morning to you, Mairead. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well and thanks a million for, for taking our call. I suppose for people who've never attended this before, can you describe what the event looks like? Okay, well, there's great excitement because it really is a fabulous event. Um, now, I know you described it as a key event for older people, but actually all ages are welcome. Okay. All families come along. Basically, there's a lot happening. In a nutshell, there's like, uh, well, there's hearing and sight tests, there are different presentations, there's arts and craft tuition, there's financial and legal advice, um, then you have bridge tuition and wine tasting, of course, which I do myself, um, information on travel, there's cookery demonstrations. I mean, there's just so much happening throughout the day. And the key thing is, Patricia, admission is free. Okay. So, it's really so you would need free. to you would need to allow yourself a good few hours. That isn't something you just run into, run around and you're back out again in 20 minutes. No, definitely not. And there's always, you know, a little cafe set up so you, you can get yourself a cup of coffee and, and you know, take a little break for yourself if you want. Um, but there'll be, a lot, there'll be a lot of exhibitors there and there's a lot happening and a lot to see. So um, I think definitely allow yourself time. Now, one of the key uh, people there who is um, very um, well, very well known is Eric Knowles, you know, from the Antique Roadshow. From on the, the BBC, BBC. Yeah. yeah. Is he going to be doing valuations? He is indeed, Patricia, and there's great excitement because he's so well known throughout the UK and Ireland and he, he does attract a huge following. Now, he's only going to be doing them on Saturday. OK. So there's only going to be a limited amount. So if, you, if you've got something and you really want Eric Knowles to tell you what it's actually worth, you want to get in early, get your name down because now, he's just going to be doing the Obviously, it's, you know, small antiques and, and, and collect, collectibles, even though it has been suggested if you have a lar- larger item at home that you really think is an antique to bring a photo and he might be able to do something from a photograph. That's an excellent idea. Yeah. And there's, there's another um, expert called Mike Kelly and he'll be offering free evaluations on things like coins and stamps, medals and banknotes. You know where people often collect these things yeah. have been in the attic for years and wonder, I wonder if it's worth anything. Well, I, I think particularly with, with medals, um, Mairead, yeah. medals have often been passed down, you know, from family, from you know, they might have been somebody's great grandfathers and they've been passed on. And a lot of people might know the significance of them or the history behind it. And you could That's be sitting you could be sitting on a little antique. That's very true. And even though there's an emotional connection with say great granddad's war medal, there could be a serious uh, financial value to yeah, it as well. Yeah. Um, what, there was one event there a few years ago, Mike Kelly was at, and uh, one of our Senior Times live events, and he spotted a group of coins which ended up being worth €30,000 oh. at Houston. So <laughs> you never know what's hiding in the end. <laughs> that was well worth going along to. Tell me about your, your good self. You're offering advice on wines. Tell me what you're going to be up to. 
Okay, well, um, yes, I, I write about various things and podcasts about various things for Senior Times, but the regular, my regular spot is uh, a wine column. And people are always interested in different wines, good value, obviously, and good quality. So um, in the magazine, I always have articles recommending different wines. So wine tasting is always fun for people. Now, there are small amounts of a couple of different wines that get a chance to try something they mightn't have tried before. I'll be focusing actually um, on non-alcoholic wines because believe it or not, they've become hugely popular. Now, I, I love, I have to say, I love my wine. But the idea of a non-alcoholic wine, uh, Marie, <laughs> I remember years ago, years ago, being somewhere and someone by mistake <laughs> brought a bottle of wine and it turned out to be non-alcoholic and we opened it and God, Marie, it was like vinegar. It was, yeah. Now, that was many years ago. Have they, a little bit like the non-alcoholic beers that have improved, have the non-alcoholic wines improved? They really have, Patricia. They really have. Like like you, a non-alcoholic wine, my initial thing was like, why bother? I got <laughs> coffee. But um, no, no, they have. I mean, the, 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 the Santa Rita one, um, Santa Rita 120 wines, they're really popular, great value. They've got a non-alcoholic Sauvignon Blanc. Sells for a fiver. Okay. And really, it's, it's made the same way as the regular Sauvignon Blanc is. And it's just at the very last minute, the alcohol is taken out of it. But you don't, um, so you have all the freshness, the flavour, the fruitiness um, on the palate and the nose and all of that kind of thing. But you don't get the headache or you don't get the worry about driving home, which is really yeah, yeah. kind of important for Christmas because we tend to all overdo it a bit. And I think as well, I think it's if you know that you're going to have a, a long day of drinking or a long yeah. session and you don't want to drink too much, maybe yeah. intersperse your, your, your alcoholic wine with a couple of glasses of the non-alcoholic one. And I, what, what I actually recommended was, you know, the way we, we tend to be quite sociable, uh, thankfully now, this was back to normal socialising. So we'll have people around for drinks over Christmas. There's going to be um, one nominated driver. Yeah. And rather than sitting there with a glass of my wadi or, or a cup of tea, yeah. he, can, he or she can have what looks and tastes like what everyone else is having in a wine glass without the alcohol. And yeah. I think that that's kind of important. Too. Yeah, so it's well, uh, 100%. One bottles to keep them at home to offer to people. Okay, all right. So you, 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 will you have some of the samples of the non-alcoholic wines at the weekend? Oh, I will indeed, will you? yes. Okay, all right. Because I was thinking when I saw the wine tasting, I was thinking, oh God, if you're driving, you might be able to sample the wines. But the non-alcoholic, non-alcoholic ones uh, will be great. And as you say, there are so many workshops. You mentioned um, bridge, like basic yes. le- learn bridge. There's jewellery making. Uh, genealogy tips I spotted as well. That's become very popular of late. Oh, it's really popular, isn't it, to check out the ancestors and see what skeletons might be in the cupboard from a few decades ago. But it's very, very, very fascinating and very interesting. So that's always been very popular. So, yeah, those presentations are very important. The cookery demos are great. I actually love the cookery demos because you always pick up a few tips and, um, you know, you get to taste some of the food as well. So that's all good. And I'm, I'm assuming the cookery ones will be with Christmas in mind, will it? Very much so. Yeah. Very much yeah. So, because I mean, it is that time of year, isn't it? Okay, so it's all happening this Friday and Saturday. City Hall, admission is free. You, do you need to register for tickets or anything, Mairead? Um It's a good idea to book the tickets because there's it? great excitement about it. The last time we did one was in 2020 in Cork, the last Cork one. And it was just when COVID was starting and oh. people were 
nervous could we do it could we not and we just about had it so like it's nearly three years yeah. so there's a lot of excitement about this okay. so I, I think it's a good idea to, to, to phone up go on to seniortimes.ie and book your ticket it's free but to be sure it's good to get your, get your name in there and tell people what Senior Times is all about well, Senior Times is a magazine that's been going for a good while and it's, it's really geared towards people 50, as they say, people who are 50 and don't act their age. Well, <laughs> those, those of us who have hit 50, it comes as a shock, but then it actually can be quite pleasant because you might end up with no mortgage and the kids are uh, independent and um, you, you have your health and you might have a few bob and you can travel and you can uh, develop new pastimes and interests. You can find out about a lot of things. You can actually exhale and enjoy your life, which is what an awful lot of people in their 50s, 60s and 70s are doing. Mm. I mean, I was just saying to someone the other day, look at all our musical heroes, like like Bruce Springsteen and the Beatles and all these guys. They're still going in their 70s and 80s, you know. I mean, ageing is not what it used to be. It's a lot more fun. Yeah, and why and why shouldn't it be? You 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 love to travel. I do love to travel, yes. I've been fortunate um, work, working as a journalist over the years. I did get some great trips back in the Celtic Tiger Day and I did manage to go tasting wines in Australia and New Zealand. And oh. it, it was a tough job. Oh, absolutely, but someone has to do it. And, and, <laughs> and I was told in the email confirming you joining us today that you're just, you were just on Friday just off the plane from Portugal. Yes, I just got I just got back on Friday. Yeah, just to you know, the rain and the weather has been a bit difficult this month. So any chance that I get to take a few days off, visit a winery if I get an opportunity, and just enjoy a bit of nice weather. And you can fly direct into Faro from Cork Airport. Yeah, well, I, I was I was there uh, last was it last September? I, I hadn't. Portugal is not normally on my radar, but because no. the flight was out of Cork, we said we weren't hiking up to Dublin, so we went, and I loved it. I lo- and I loved their wines, uh, Portugal. Great. Yeah, great. They've got so much better and fabulous value. Well. I was just going to say the value is there as well. Listen, uh, Mairead, you certainly have sold the expo well. You're there both days. <laughs> You're there both days, are you, Friday? Are they making you work I'm, two days? I'm, I'm there Friday and Saturday, yeah. yes. Okay. Well, enjoy it, which I'm, I'm sure you will. And thanks a million for taking time out to talk to us today. Not at all. Thank you, Patricia. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mairead Robinson there, lovely lady, uh, Senior Times columnist and podcaster. And if you bump into Mairead at the Expo next uh, Friday or Saturday, she'll be offering you some non-alcoholic wine. 0818-103-103. Bernie is taking your calls. You can text, you can WhatsApp to 86 103 And I think Liam has found us the cheapest petrol well certainly the cheapest petrol from listeners contacting us this morning. Liam says he was in Mitchellstown yesterday and he bought petrol and it was one sixty nine. It is a long long time since I've seen petrol or diesel at anywhere below the 170 mark so well done. Mitchellstown 167 Can anybody beat that? 0818 103 103 Now to, as you probably heard the, uh, the ad there uh, just before news at uh, 12 o'clock, the Everyman's favourite traditional Christmas pantomime is returning this year and it is the wonderful Cinderella. Now, it's opening in the Everyman on Saturday, the 3rd of uh, December. But to celebrate, the Everyman have teamed up with the Leisureplex to give you a chance to win a fun, festive family day out. We have a 
pass for a family of four to go along and see Cinderella at the Everyman. Now it's on Thursday the 8th of December. You must be available to go on that particular night but the fun doesn't stop there because you also then get a family pass. You can go bowling at the Leisureplex on McCurtain Street. So every day this week we will give you a clue to where Cinderella has left one of her glass slippers. All I can tell you is that the glass slipper is in a well-known Cork location and we will give you a clue every day and if you think you know the answer I need you to text or WhatsApp uh, now to 0862103103 Now today where has Cinderella left her glass slipper? The clue is you can ring the bells of this four-faced liar in the city centre You can ring the bells of this four-faced liar in the city centre. Where has Cinderella left her glass slipper today? If you think you know the answer, you'd like to go along to the Panto on Thursday the 8th of December and then you'd love a family trip to go bowling at the Leisureplex. Get texting or WhatsApping now please 086 103103 and what we will do is we will leave the text message service open. We'll leave it open for about... 10 minutes or thereabouts and then we will select today's winner and every day this week a family pass for four to see Cinderella at the Everyman on Thursday the 8th of December and then the pass for four people to go bowling at the Leisureplex. In the meantime of course you can purchase tickets to go along and see Cinderella live at the Everyman. You simply go to everymancork.com everymancork.com Dot com. OK, so we will await our winner on that. In the meantime, let me go to some of your thoughts that have been coming into the programme this morning. OK, I mentioned earlier about teachers and the fact that their teachers are unfortunately in short supply to the point that we have some schools, a quarter of all national schools cannot fill their full quota of teachers. They still have the pupils coming in. They just don't have enough teachers. Now, and as we explained, part of the problem in the larger urban areas is to do with accommodation. There's just not enough accommodation. But also another part of the problem is that we are losing a lot of our young teachers. They're going abroad. And I mentioned that it's not the only profession that we're using some of our young, bright educated, they're leaving our shores, we're losing doctors, we're losing nurses and that prompted Mike in Cork on nurses and feels that something has to be done to try to retain the nurses that we currently have and he in particular objects to the fact that nurses have to pay a 100 euro registration fee with on board Alterish. In order to work as a nurse in this country you have to register but you have to do it every single year and for Mike in Cork he says that's making absolutely no sense to him. He he says it should be done with a registration that would last at least seven years and then maybe every seven years get them to re-register but he cannot understand why nurses need to register every year and if they do need to register why do they need to pay every single year? He says many of our nurses particularly our young nurses are already on low wages and something that really really caught my eye in Mike's comment was he says he has met nurses who are struggling and they have to go to the food bank on Oliver Plunkett Street. Isn't that unreal? People who are turning up every single day to work in the caring profession, to work as nurses and they're not earning enough to put enough food on the table so they end up having to go to a food bank. That is truly 
truly uh, shocking. And uh, actually, uh, and I heard Barry mention it on the news. It's making all of the papers uh, today. The rampant in inflation. It's, it's they reckon now it's going to knock as much as three thousand euro from the average householder's spending power this year. And what's that going to mean? It's going to mean for a much leaner Christmas for many people. And uh, the information is coming from the credit union. They do a consumer sentiment index and they do it every year and their latest one is uh, this year's one has been published today and it shows that 61% of people uh, will now have less money to spend over the over the festive season and of all of the people that they surveyed just 5% reckoned that they will actually have a little bit more this Christmas. But the vast majority saying, yeah, they're going to have much less. And that marks a substantial deterioration when you compare the results, say, with last year. It's even worse than it was in 2020. When you think about it, the Christmas of 2020, we were coming to the end of the first year of COVID where so many people, their income was affected because so many people were out of work and we, we thought we could never get as bad as we did that that year. But this this is actually showing that the rising cost of living is actually worse than what it was for the first year of the pandemic. A third of consumers say they'll raid their savings. That's how they'll help fund Christmas this year. A fifth say they'll either borrow or simply do not know how they're going to fund the cash to spend over the festive season. Most of the people who said that they would borrow to pay for Christmas, they're the one aged between 45 and 54. And I'm assuming that age group, a lot of that age group would have children, would have teenage children and they can be looking for very costly items at Christmas. And the people who said they don't know how they're going to underfund it. What's interesting there is they're the ones under the age of 45. Now, the survey, which was conducted earlier this month, also suggests significant numbers of people are simply struggling to finance even a cutback Christmas this year, with inflation likely to be around 8% this year. Compare that to last year. What was inflation looking like? 2.4%. It is going to mean that there's very, very little scope for discretionary spending at this year. And with the approach of winter, that, of course, is meaning higher outlays on more expensive heating, more expensive electricity, as well as obviously noticeable dearer grocery bills. It is scarcely surprising, therefore, the report says that most Irish consumers say they simply will have less to spend this Christmas. However, while the latest data is showing that consumers remain very nervous, the index reading for this month was not as bad as expected given the financial challenges that are being faced by most Irish households. The index reading, which is done month on month, that was at 453 Previous month it was at forty six point one. Now, how do they calculate? What does all of that mean? They do it on a scale from one to one hundred, asking people how they feel at the moment and how they feel going going forward. So they do it between zero and a hundred. Any reading below fifty indicates a more pessimistic view of the economic situation. While obviously anything over fifty, it means consumers are more optimistic. So we're close. You know, we're not too far off the optimistic mark at 45.3. So it is suggesting that the budget support measures are having some positive uh, uh, impact and it might also be be inferred from the November reading that the Irish consumers feel they've prepared themselves as far as possible for what is a difficult winter ahead. But certainly there are going to be a lot of people are going to struggle 
as we go into this Christmas more than they've ever done before. But as I say, on that particular comment in from that uh, listener, from Mike in uh, Cork, shocked, absolutely shocked to think that we would have nurses who were out at work uh, faced with, and I'm a, I take it that's to do with either high mortgages or to do with high rents and all of the other high costs, but forced to go to a food bank. Thank you for your call, Mike. And David in Bandon has spotted something else that's going up and things going up all the time. And this is to do with pensioners who need to renew their driver's licence. When you get to a certain age, I think it's over 75 now, it used to be 70, I think it's over 75, somebody renewing their driver's uh, licence. In order to keep everybody safe on the road, they need to go into their GP to get a medical certificate to say that they are fit to uh, drive. Doctors have to sign off on the paper now, the paperwork. But even if you have a medical card, there is a charge attached to that form being filled in by your doctor. It used to be 30 euro, but David Abandon has just discovered that it's gone up to 40 euro. Now, I'll preface that by saying I don't know if that's right across the board at every GP practice, but again, as with everybody seeing their costs rising and obviously costs are rising at GP practices as well. But uh, David certainly says that in some GP practices, they've put that cost up to €40. Euro. And just to let pensioners know when they are heading in to get that form filled in, they will be charged uh, for it. And David says, bearing in mind that some pensioners, depending on their age, have to get their licence renewed every year. So it seems very, very unfair on pensioners who are already strapped for cash. Thanks for your call, uh, David, to 0818 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing, community and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie. A DVD of Clonbannon's journey through the War of Independence is now available. Now this will make an ideal Christmas present. The cost is twenty euro, and they're available from Charlie on 0868403914. Tickets for Shambally Moore's Christmas Light Raffle are available online at idonate.ie. They're also available from committee members. Tickets cost five euro each, or three euro for ten, with proceeds going towards the purchase of the Christmas lights. Prize include a Circle K fuel voucher. 40 kg bags of coal and uh, firewood. Bingo is on every no- every Monday night, including tonight, 8 o'clock in Butterfant, with a jackpot this week of €2,650. Canturk Residential Respite and Equine Therapy Centre. They're holding an information evening tonight at Scunmira National School. This is the one where I spoke about last Friday on the programme when I spoke with Rupert Isaacson, who's the founder of the Horseboy Method. He's actually going to be attending tonight. And that's open to all at half past seven and they will have a question and answer session. And Mallow Christmas lights will be switched on on the 26th of November. And this year, the public are pleased been asked to contribute to Towards the cost of erecting the lights, and that's through an I Donate page. And it's the I Donate page is Light Up Mallow. And the Bandon branch of the Society of St Vincent de Paul are asking for personal requests, please, to be submitted to them by Thursday, the 8th of December. You can submit your name and address and phone number. You can drop it into the Bandon VDP shop, or you can place it in the allocated box in the church. Record today on C103. Call 
Patricia with your comment. 0818103103. Uh, you can stop texting us, by the way, on our competition for the Everyman. We've had a massive response, absolutely massive response uh, to this. The question we asked was, um, every day, uh, we're doing this every day, Cinderella will leave her glass slipper somewhere and you've got to try and guess uh, what well-known Cork location has Cinderella left her slipper. So today we said you can ring the bells of this four-faced liar in the city centre. Where are we talking about? We're talking about the Shandon Bells or the Shandon uh, Tower. Lowe's, huge, huge reaction. And our winner today is Trish Horwick of Broomfield Ridge in Middleton. Thank you. Uh, who even includes her uh, air code. Well done. Uh, Trish Horwick in Middleton. Congratulations to you, Trish. You are the winner of today's Family Pass for four people. You'll be heading off to see Cinderella at the Everyman Thursday, the 8th of December and also was throwing in a Family Pass for four people to go bowling at the Leisureplex on McCurtain Street in Cork. We will do that every day this week different location and we'll give you a different opportunity to win and you can check out everymancork. if you would like more information and the winning continues here on C103 because starting next Monday we're really trying to help people out and really trying to help families out this uh, Christmas because we here at C103 we're hoping to have your Christmas covered for you with your chance to win a 500 euro festive shopping spree we're giving away super value gift cards in total we'll give away 5,000 euro worth of them how do you win it kicks off next Monday you'll have to listen in at 9am to Ken 2pm with Nick Richards and then 5pm with Martina O'Donoghue and at 9 at 2 and at 5 we will play Christmas bells we'll be driving you mad with the Christmas bells you have to make a note of the Christmas bells count all the Christmas bells and then you'll have a daily total once Martina plays the final sets, a set of bells at, at 5 o'clock then we'll be asking you to text or WhatsApp in the total amount for that day for your chance to win that's C103's Christmas covered with super value gift cards perfect for every occasion now they are available in store are they available online you can get an e-gift card that can actually be sent out with lovely personal messages you search super value gift card dot ie but you're listening here to c103 from next monday to win on what's going to be a fantastic competition and we'll have a little bit of fun with that at the same time let me go to some of your thoughts and comments coming in keep we've cleared the text message service now by the way if you've got a question for annalise text or whatsapp 0862103103 you can also call bernie because bernie is uh, taking the calls at 0818103103 um, if you've got a question for Annelise. Some of your WhatsApps coming in in the middle of all of the competition ones. Uh, Sheila says, Patricia, you're talking about prices going up and price rising. Well, a small takeaway dinner, they actually call it a half dinner, has jumped from €4.50 Euro to €6 Euro in a local supermarket. And that's just in the last 10 days. That's a big jump for sure. Yeah, but all of those supermarkets, the everything that goes into that small dinner every single item that goes in the meat the potatoes 
you know, if there's butter on the spuds, Andre, everything has gone up in price. And then you add to that, you look at a lot of the supermarkets and their electricity bills have literally gone through the roof. Remember that small little supermarket that I spoke about from up the country that had a massive, massive jump in their electricity. So they, they've no other choice. If they want to keep the front doors open, they unfortunately have to pass it on and every one of us are going to be paying more. It's just it's the sad reality of what's going on with rising uh, prices. Uh, this is on petrol prices. Somebody says, would this not be a way to reduce the price of petrol and diesel? What if a garage didn't charge the government tax the excise duty on diesel and petrol, how much would it cost a litre? Well, it would be way, way less than what we're paying at the moment. Every time we do an interview about rising costs of petrol and diesel, that particular question comes up, whereby the amount that goes from, it's it's well over 60 cents a litre. It's even more now because every time there's a rise in petrol and diesel, it means more in excise duty to the government. Eileen says, Patricia, I've got a medical card and I'm not a pensioner, but I had to get a medical report in order to keep certain categories on my driver's licence or otherwise I would lose them without a medical report. I ended up having to pay my doctor 55 uh, euro. So the texter who was on to you saying they got it from 40 euro are actually doing well. Hi Patricia, I to go to my doctor to get the form signed for my uh, driver's licence I was charged 60 euro so yeah and I did say that when the listener said it was gone from 30 euro to 40 euro that that it was going to vary from GP practice to GP practice so you're going to need to check with your own GP practice as to how much they're actually charging uh, for it James in Brewery says uh, he was watching Lear Varadkar at the Fine Gael Ardesh talking up the country and this morning we're hearing about nurses using food banks on your programme Patricia the truth comes out on local radio uh, what are all the TDs doing around the country? They don't seem to know the reality of what is happening on the ground. Thanks for that, uh, James. Patricia, the health system in Ireland has surely hit rock bottom when you can have a very ill patient who has been sitting on a chair for 11 hours is informed that she could be waiting for a few more hours yet. She was informed there was only one doctor on duty overnight. This happened last week at the A&E department at Cork University Hospital. When will the government start to address the emigration of all of our young, newly qualified doctors and nurses once they qualify? Numerous countries have implemented a mandatory two-year postgraduate programme to help solve this situation. The main cause of our medical crisis is simply the lack of medical staff within the health system. And this is only going to be improved when the government addresses uh, the problem. You're right, you're right. And And it's not just within our hospitals because there is a report out showing the home home helps i mean i know they've 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 got a different title they're not called home helps anymore they're called healthcare support assistance more than 6000 people who've been approved for funders so this doesn't go down to money the funding is there for home care packages have been put on a waiting list why there is a shortage of carers we literally do not have enough carers to go and do the work of the home helps and that comes amid reports that the ban on recruitment of carers from non-EU countries may actually be lifted last week I spoke about there's a big push to get bus drivers to come from non-EU countries to put them onto the critical workers shortage list I mean it's hard to believe 
that with everything that's going on with the cost of living and everything that's going on and people complaining about the cost of everything going up we still have a huge skill shortage in this country and we still have a lot of vacancies that are available for people but there's nobody to do the jobs we go to the EU countries to try and get workers in but when we can't find the workers there there has there's a list of of what's called critical worker shortages and it now looks like home helps are going to have to be added to that list because the HSE say that they've got huge delays they're very much aware that people have been approved so people get so somebody gets assessed by a doctor or public health nurse yes this person needs home help in order to remain and live independently at home some of those people are in hospital beds taking up the hospital bed they're ready to go home but they can only go home with support if they can't get the support they have to stay in the bed by staying in the bed that's stopping that elderly person who's sitting on a chair in the A&E department when finally that person gets seen if they're assessed that they are very ill and they need a bed they can't get into the bed because the person in the bed can't get out of the bed because they can't go home without some support but 6,000 people to be approved and there is just not the workers there and the HSC you know I'm reading the paper the HSC are doing everything they're doing all the recruitment that they can but it's almost like we're borrowing from Peter to pay Paul because what's happening is the HSE are taking from the private companies that are there and the private companies are doing the contracted work for the HSE so we're just kind of it's almost like shifting the deck chairs on the Titanic we need to either be training up more people to go into home care or else we need to make home care we need to make it a more attractive career because a recent report came out found that thousands of carers are not being paid the national living wage and that many workers hired by private companies to which the HSE then has to outsource their services because they don't have uh, the workers. They are having to fund their own travel costs between clients and we've had some of those contact us here on the programme and it, the, the, there was an advisory group called in a recent report that the carers should be paid at least €12.50 an hour and all carers are not receiving that so you can understand why carers are deciding to move out of the profession and go into a job where they feel they certainly have been treated better but I mean if you're not going to be paid to travel from one client to the next client and the nature of your work is that you're going to do an hour with one patient and then an hour with another client and an hour with another client and unless they all live beside each other which would be highly unlikely you're going to have to drive from A to B and if you've got carers working in rural areas they're certainly going to be driving much further between each of their uh, clients so it's actually costing them to go to work makes no sense to me at all so I do have an understanding of why therefore we have 6,000 people approved for funded home care and there's nobody to take up the jobs because of the shortage of carers we need to be treating our carers better Simple is that's the answer to the problem. Oh eight one eight one zero three one zero three. Bernie taking your calls. We're going to turn our attention to nutritional advice with Annalise. If you've got a question, you can call Bernie or you can text her WhatsApp. Oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. And Annalise Russell of the Health Hub Times Square in Ballancolic joining us on a lovely clear blue sky at the moment where I am. Um, good afternoon, Annalise. 
Good afternoon, Patricia. Even though rain, they say, very heavy rain is on the way, so don't go out without your brolly. Anyway, OK, let's get straight into questions. And I promised this lady because, Anya, she got her text in to me first thing this morning and she said, for the third time trying to get her question answered because week on week we never get through all your questions. Anyway, Anya's... Uh, Anya's question. I have little bumps on the back of my tongue she says with a yellow coating. I've tried oral gel but it's not making any difference. Any suggestion please? So so I'm not sure now what that could be Patricia. I wonder are they hard lumps? Um, sometimes this and you can see them on the tonsils as well. It's like um, they're almost like little yellow hard stones. They're quite solid. And some people just are prone to getting these and they can end up being very sore and make the breath very, very smelly. Um, I'm wondering if it's something like that. Generally, there there is a kind of a medical treatment for that, I think. Um, the stones sometimes can come to the surface and come out themselves. So if that's what that is, I recommend you check it out at the doctor. Otherwise, what it might be is just um, the the little papillae on the top of the tongue could be maybe just a little bit swollen, possibly some thrush in the mouth. So what I would recommend is doing a good mouthwash. The Dr. Dealish Clare one is lovely, actually, because it's great if you've got mouth ulcers or any kind of gum disease or sore mouth. There's Mirror in there, which is a fantastic healer, but also a great antiseptic. Um, and I change your toothbrush um, to a... Um, natural bristle toothbrush if possible and I changed the toothpaste to one without sodium laurel sulfate so you're kind of what you're doing there is you're kind of putting your um, mouth into giving every putting everything into your mouth to get get it into the best health possible and if that doesn't solve the problem then Patricia maybe it is a little bit of oral thrush in which case you'd do a mouth rinse with citricidal but otherwise I tried the Delish Claire mouthwash a natural bristle toothbrush and brush your tongue as well and then change to a natural non-sodium laurel sulfate toothpaste. It's interesting. I've heard you mentioned mirror there that it contains mirror, and I've heard you mention that before. Is that the same as what the three wise men brought? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Frank, frankincense is another lovely healer, but actually, we would know it more as Boswellia in the shop. That's what it is. It comes from frankincense, and actually, frankincense as an oil is just absolutely beautiful. I would put a drop of it into. Um, my face every evening as an anti-ager. Uh, very expensive, but really, really good and very a, a huge natural anti-inflammatory. So fantastic to prevent against um, heart disease, you know, loss of cognitive function, all of that. So both of those, myrrh and frankincense, the reason they were such precious gifts is for that reason. They so are they knew the wise men were wise men. They knew what they were doing. Uh, they didn't bring a casserole with them, though. I always said that about the wise men. That's what Mary would have wanted most. Anyway, <laughs> Kathleen in uh, Newmarket is uh, her cholesterol has come in at 6.3. She's looking for a natural remedy, please, to lower it. 6.3, that's high, isn't it? Well, it could be high. Um, now, again, it, it's going to depend an awful lot, Patricia, on whether or not there's a family history of health, uh, high cholesterol and heart disease. If there is, really, you do need to address it. I think cholesterol can rise at times, particularly for women during menopause, because cholesterol is actually a building block for vitamin D. We, it's actually the action of sunlight on our skin that converts cholesterol to vitamin D. It's also an essential component for all of our sex hormones and not just estrogen, progesterone and testosterone, but DHEA, which is kind of the libido, lust for life kind of youth hormone. 
So uh, cholesterol is actually needed for all of those things. Plus, it's a really important component of the fatty tissue in nerves and brain cells. So I think if you can avoid going on the cholesterol drug, I think it's always a great thing. In terms of the natural remedies, the first thing I would recommend is add something like oat bran to your breakfast cereal in the morning. Another very nice thing as well is lecithin. Now, what these can do is they can help the body bind cholesterol and get rid of it out of the system um, in the gut. They get rid of it through the gut. So that's a very nice dietary thing you can do. And then, depending on what your breakdown of cholesterol is, the doctor likes your LDL, which is your bad cholesterol, to be three or under. So um, the things that will bring down your LDL cholesterol are things called, um, it's called red rice yeast. And it's the yeast that grows on red rice. And it actually is a natural version of what the drug is, the statin drug is. It does the same thing in the body. But a lot of people who can't tolerate the drug can actually tolerate the natural red rice yeast part, no problem. So that will bring down your LDL. And then HDL is your good cholesterol. That's the one that patrols kind of the body and the protein that patrols the body and takes old cholesterol away to the liver to be recycled and gotten rid of. So having high HDL, if that puts your cholesterol up over 6.3 for this lady, actually that means you're healthier than most people. Ideally, you want at least um, no more than three and a half times LDL than HDL. So for example, if if your cholesterol is three, your LDL, you would ideally like your HDL to be at least one or more than that. So in order to increase increase HDL, you increase the omega-3 fats. You could take a cod liver oil or a fish oil supplement. Uh, You could take Udo's oil as a supplement. And then in your diet, increase oily fish like salmon, mackerel and herring. And things like walnuts, pumpkin seeds and chia seeds will be all high as well in omega-3. And that will bring up your good cholesterol. Okay, you mentioned fatty liver and and also with cholesterol in my mind. Liz, Liz says, recently diagnosed with fatty liver. She's losing weight at the moment. She wants to know, is there anything she can take to help with the fatty liver? Her cholesterol isn't high, but her doctor is worried that it could increase because of having fatty liver. So any suggestions, please? Yeah, so fatty liver, Patricia, it used to mostly be seen in alcoholics, actually. But nowadays we're seeing what they call non-alcoholic fatty liver. Um, And what happens, I think it's to do with a very high, simple carbohydrate diet. So, you know, not eating brown rice, brown red, brown um, pasta, things like that. And eating a lot of sugary foods or even a lot of fruit will do it as well. Because sugar will be converted to fat and stored in the liver if it's not used for uh, energy. So uh, following a low carbohydrate or at least a complex carbohydrate diet where you switch everything over to, for, to the brown cut out completely sugar and then no fruit juice, no um, no sodas, you know, those uh, Coca-Colas and things as well will increase fatty liver and only maybe one to two portions of fruit per day. In terms of supplements then, the ones that can work very well, first of all, I would rec- recommend something called berberine. Berberine comes from a plant and it has actually a very similar action to a drug, Patricia, that's been around for a long time called metformin. And metformin is a drug that helps improve your body's sensitivity to um, to insulin. So it enables your body to handle sugar and sugary foods better. So it's less likely to be converted in fat and stored in the liver. We'd often see fatty liver in people who are pre-diabetic or have type 2 diabetes. 
Now, if you're on any type of drugs, just make sure you check in the health shop before you take berberine. The other thing that works very well is um, alpha-lipoic acid. It just helps to protect the liver cells from damage from fatty liver and helps keep your liver enzymes working very well. And then taking a good liver supplement that would have something like milk thistle in there and N-acetylcysteine in there. Um, dandelion and artichoke are great in a, in, a, in a complex for the liver as well. They all work really, really well to make sure the cells of the liver are functioning as well as possible. OK, hi Patricia. Question for Annalise, please. I'm suffering from sinuses. I've tried... Nel Med Sinus Rinse and I've also tried Demista Nasal Spray still seem to have a huge amount of pressure in my head and a lot of headaches because of it. What would Annalise recommend? That sinus pressure is horrible. It's horrible, absolutely. And it is a buildup of mucus and, um, and inflammation in the sinus cavities. So typically, Patricia, like some people don't suffer from sinus at all and some people do. If you suffer from sinus all year round, you need to look to your diet and see is there something that you're eating uh, that's causing the mucus to build up and to be produced and build up in your sinus. If it's mostly in the winter and if it's worse at the moment, it's probably because you are highly sensitive to damps and moulds. And there's very little you can do about that except maybe get an air purifier into your bedroom at night time. So typically what we would recommend for sinus Dr. Claire has got actually some very nice blends. She does a a congestion blend, which is very good for kind of drying up mucus. The mucotone is excellent as well, but that's more if you've got an infection because there's immune boosting stuff in there. Um, Some people find a nasal spray called X-Lear, X-Clear or X-Lear. It's spelled X-L-E-A-R. And it's made up of xylitol uh, in water and a few other things. And some people find that that works much better than the Demista. Unfortunately, the Demista is a steroid, so it'll clear it in the short term, but in the long term, it actually creates the same problem that it's supposed to be fixing. So um, you should really only ever use those um, steroid nasal sprays for a very, very short period of time. And that's, I mean, she's already doing the sinus rinse, um, Mm. so that's already been done. And I think probably maybe... um, you know, rubbing eucalyptus oil into the top of the sinus can help sometimes as well. If there's a lot of inflammation, Patricia, you could take natural anti-inflammatories, but actually it would take you a very long time to see a benefit of that. So I think really you just need to be looking to see, can you figure out the cause and yeah. remove the problem. Keep at it, keep at it. And Anne in for more, could you ask Annalise, please, what can I take for arthritis in my fingers? Very painful. Yes, so that would be a very typical place to develop arthritis. Arthritis is typically from wear and tear, so it's overuse of joints. So it depends really, Patricia. We have varying results with different um, arthritis supplements. So you may need to try a few before they'll, you'll find the one that hits the spot. But the one we generally put people on first when they come into the shop is the Gal UC2 cartilage. And for some people, it's like a miracle product. They come in after a couple of weeks and they've already noticed a benefit, which is exceptionally fast for a natural product, normally I would say to people it needs four to six weeks to see a benefit. So that's one option and that's a very specific type of cartilage with a tiny bit of a natural anti-inflammatory. You could also try Solgar 7. Now Solgar 7 has some of that UC2 cartilage in there but it has a slighter higher dose of natural anti-inflammatory. If there's a lot of swelling and pain, I'd often put people on the UC2 cartilage and um, a natural anti-inflammatory that we have here called Curcudine Forte. That is a blend of the curcumin extract and the frankincense, Boswellia. And it can work very well to bring down that redness and pain. And once that's down, the cartilage then can do its job of healing. 
And then the last one that I think we get good results from, um, actually there's probably two others, the Terranova, Glucosamine, Boswellia and MSN and the uh, Revive Joint Active is another one that gets great feedback as well. Okay, all right, listen, and you'll put up all the items that we mentioned today on your website this afternoon as heard on the radio. In the blog section, Patricia, I will. Thanks a million, have a lovely week and we'll chat again uh, next Monday. That's Annalise Drissell of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic and her website is healthhubstore.com and as I say, give her a couple of hours and she'll put them up on the website this afternoon and then it'll go up as well as a podcast here on C103 or wherever you get your podcasts from. Now, before we we go there are a couple of comments and we mentioned I mentioned carers and in particular this report that's uh, showing that more than 6,000 people who've been approved for funded home care have been put on waiting lists. Why? Because there's a shortage of carers and the HSC say they are continuing to advertise for healthcare supports uh, assistance and they're trying to get as many new carers as they can but they have a huge, huge problem and the problem is then you've got people who are in hospital and can't come out of hospital but you also have other people who are really, really struggling at home uh, in need of carers and they just can't uh, get them. Uh, somebody says, Patricia, I'm doing home help. I've been doing it now for 27 years. I love it. I can't understand why they are so low in staff. It's a great job. It's well paid. And we do get paid for travel. I love your show. Thank you for that. You're obviously working for the HSC. When I mentioned the people not getting paid for travel, they are workers who are hired by some, if not all, private uh, companies, which then the HSC outsource services uh, to. They have to pay for their own uh, travel costs, which is really... it's costing somebody to go to work. It never makes any sense to me. And here's summed up one of one of obviously of those 6,000 people who've been approved. Mary Mallor says we can't get carers through the HSC. My dad has a full time carer. We're paying 15 euro per hour and the carers that we get in will only take cash. The family are employing them privately. And she says that is actually common amongst families who are struggling to get uh, carers, which is crazy. OK, that's where I leave you for today. Thanks to Bernie Murphy, who produced uh, Nick Witcher for the afternoon. I'll talk to you Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.